Welcome back to Section 247's The Goal Line Stand All Football All the Time. Coming to you from the virtual Michael's Glass Company studios. Michael's Glass Company serving the Philadelphia Tri-State area since 1978. 215-338-3293. Tell them Mike and Brett sent you. They do a really nice shower door. I highly recommend them. Follow the show here on social media at GL Stand Show, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are a Sports Talk Philly partner, sportstalkphilly.com. Head over there for your Eagles coverage and some college football talk coming up soon. Uh, check out the Nittany Notes. Sorry, a little, it, little itchy here. Uh, the going-ons of Penn State football. Temple, for the love of God, do something and help me out here. I am like, you know, joined as always by Brett Halpern. You know, I got to say, it's kind of interesting. Uh, prior to talking about the uh, Nittany Lions, you were talking about shower doors. <laughs> that was not on purpose. and I understand that. So <laughs> if you've read the Nittany Notes on, on, on Sports Talk Philly, you will know that at 40 million, 46 point some odd million dollars is going towards the Lash building at Penn State. Uh, what I didn't write there because I try to keep it, like, I, I keep it on the straight and narrow on Sports Talk Philly. It's not my opinion. I'm reporting the news. I'm the college football guy over there. However, this is an open airway, so I can say whatever I want to say here within reason. We don't want to get shut down, we don't want to lose a, a listeners. Why don't they just, they should take a, a bulldozer to that thing. Instead of the $46 million to renovate it, knock the thing down. Yeah, I mean, talk about something with bad, we we talk about bad juju on this show. That has bad juju in it. That is the, it has the, it is like the temple of bad juju. Just get rid of it. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Get rid of it. Move on. It It is interesting, though, that, uh, you know, they can, uh, little snap of the finger, Penn State gets new facilities. But we're not here to talk about that. That's for another day, another time, another podcast that I'm not going to be a part of unless someone wants to uh, interview me. At MLapinski52, if you want to send a DM. We're here. The season is over, and we were woefully wrong about the Super Bowl. Yes, we were. Um, I think for me, I underestimated – how poorly that offensive line for Kansas City was going to perform. It, I, it was patchwork the whole year, but once Eric Fisher went down, it was done. Uh, that Patrick Mahomes, the other thing I forgot to take into consideration, I don't know, Mike, if you, you remember last year's Super Bowl, you know, prior to that fourth quarter run, Patrick Mahomes was, he was seeing the pressure and feeling it but from San Francisco. And I'm not blaming him because in this game, the offensive line performance was terrible, but he was abandoning the pocket even quicker than he needed to. So he literally get the ball. It looked, he looked like Popke from Necessary Roughness. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Uh, so to me, I think that was really the key to the game, uh, second being Kansas City's underwhelming defensive performance. Yeah, defensively, they thought a little bit more. They were going to provide a little bit more to defend against Tom Brady. But 
it's Tom Brady. So I guess we were we were wrong. We did say never count Tom Brady out uh, as we did our preview. I don't think we expected it to be what it was. And what's amazing about that game is who scores? You got Gronk, Antonio Brown. Well, it's like every everybody that that had an issue over the past I don't know five years in some form or some fashion they're scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Well, to me, actually, I thought. I thought Tom Brady was going to do his thing. And if you look at that team, obviously they have, you know, tremendous receiving options. Um, I thought Kansas City would be able to stop the run to make them one-dimensional because really Brady was feeding off of the play-action game. And that's where I was surprised Kansas City was having such trouble. Yeah, I agreed with you. And this was an Andy Reid game if I've ever seen one I mean and I've seen a lot of them in my lifetime as an Eagles fan I know in Kansas City they're probably like well what the hell happened everybody on Eagles Twitter you know is like oh yeah we've seen this thing this is uh this is going on all the time but hey it's done and over with congrats to the goat he before we move on from it everybody is giving Tom Brady especially the the creator of the Lombardi trophy's daughter I forget her name I don't have it in front of me she's upset that Tom Brady was chucking the trophy from boat to boat look the guy is like 4900 years old he has four kids he had an opportunity to go out and dad drink for a day I got no problem with it I thought it was hilarious he wasn't driving or anything people were like oh Look at him, a role model. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Mother, son of a bitch. Yeah, man, go get it. Y- you know, go get it. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, I think we just, uh, I think once again, we prove it. I think I don't think vegans can hold their liquor as much as normal people. Although I'm one who should not talk being that I'm allergic to alcohol. Nevertheless, um, look, these players this year, if you want to talk about a year where players have earned the right to celebrate it's this year and having to put up with all of the COVID demands in addition to the rigors of an NFL season, the guy has won seven Super Bowls. He can do whatever he wants, right? He can literally put a leash and wheels on that trophy and do and make it his pet. Okay. It doesn't matter. This late, this lady, look, I'm, I'm glad your father, I'm appreciative of his architectural efforts, but you, you got to calm down. There are greater tragedies and issues in this world. Tom Brady throwing the trophy in a avocado tequila drunken stupor is not one of them. I'm just glad someone on the other end caught it. Well, yeah, and I, 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 Gronk, Gronk caught it. You know, for I, I thought it was Cameron Bray. Oh, was it Cameron Bray? Oh, it was the other type. Yeah. Well, hey, look, I, you know. At least he caught something. It, it would be a bad look if it ended up, what is that, the Hillsborough River? or Yeah, the, Hillsborough River. Or whatever. Yeah, it would be a bad look if the trophy ended up on the bottom of the river and they had to go, like, diving for it. That I would agree that would be a bad look. But he caught it. It doesn't matter. That would have been pretty funny, though. It would have been very funny. It would be a bad look, but funny. What we have coming up here on the show today, we are going to discuss the Philadelphia Eagles uh, offseason needs and what they're going to be doing moving forward. I say that chuckling because, holy shit, what a disaster. Uh, We're going to discuss what the Giants have coming up as we approach the draft. Over the next couple weeks, we are going to be, you are going to be breaking down your top five draft 
draftable players per position, you know, five at quarterback, five at running back, so on and so forth. Uh, for those of you who don't know the positions, I highly, highly suggest to Google it and it'll tell you. Uh, I, mean, I don't think many people listening you never to this know. show don't know the position. You never know. But, but um, I, full disclosure, I do not rank uh, specialists. Yeah, you, you don't rank specialists, and that's a little bit hard. And we're going to get – as we go through this, we're going to discuss through the offseason how it's a little bit different here without the the combine. In yeah. combine, you could really look at it as a whole and say, all right, we know what we have here out of X player. Trevor Lawrence in his pro day is chucking at 60 yards, uh, you know, whatever. Well, it's, it's like interesting you mentioned Trevor Lawrence because there is na- there is a growing movement – of people that are moving him off of the QB1 slot. And I guess we'll talk about that as the weeks go on, which I find very interesting. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting debate. And really, I think it's more about the direction of football in general. Again, just sort of previewing for the next few weeks. So it's, de- it's, def- it's become a lot more interesting than I thought it would be. Well, good. We need, we need a little bit of drama in the offseason. Speaking of drama in the offseason the philadelphia eagles have made a move they've cut to sean jackson no they, they, they're going to release <laughs> sean jackson but obviously uh the big news is the carson wentz trade while it has not become official carson wentz to indianapolis for literally nothing nothing this is a i wouldn't say nothing well in a normal year <laughs> that's probably a good trade-off right you know, you're going to get a, a pick next year, which may be one or two, and you got a two, right? Two? Two. No, you got a three. A three, excuse me, a third-round pick. You have a um, third-round pick this year and, and a, which, a, a, a second-round pick next year, which I, turns into a first if one of two things occur. One being Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps this year. The second being Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps this year and the Colts make it to the playoffs. Which I think is, well, as far as Carson Wentz taking the snaps, I don't know. Colts making the playoffs. I feel somewhat confident about that. They were, you know, they're, they're a good squad. But look, here we are. The Philadelphia Eagles, they finally, they, they, they made the move. They've traded Carson Wentz, the, the franchise quarterback of, Jesus, two years ago. I, I mean, I, I've been trying to think about this, and, and we kind of talked about it. In our lifetimes, has this ever really occurred where a, a team has had a quarterback? The Eagles don't get to the Super Bowl without Carson Wentz in 2017. I know he doesn't make the playoff run, and I know that's the argument of a lot of Eagles fans. They were something special before he got hurt. And you don't get home field advantage without him, and therefore right. it makes everything. It would, you know, who knows? Maybe you had to go play like the Saints in New Orleans or something, right? So you have, yeah. And in, in the past, he, he, New England, they they give the contract to to what was the not New England uh, Seahawks uh, gave the contract the big contract to Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn, and then, and then Russell Wilson beats him out. It's not the same thing when you had a player playing at an MVP level. And playing really well. And then even at the end of the 2019 season, short of the cheap shot, was 
led the team into the playoffs. The Eagles don't get where they were in 2019, mediocre season, but without Carson Wentz. And now, now he's gone. Well, it's also interesting because you, you mentioned that Seahawks situation. Jalen Hurts came in, showed flashes, but no one beat out Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz had a poor, a very a piss poor season. We can admit that. But no one even beat him out. This is all about internal stuff that has been rumored, you know, rumor and innuendo, as you mentioned. You know, there's been reporting about it. It's about that more than it is, I think, the performance on the field. That and that, you know, that contract. So I guess they just wanted to deal with the ramifications in one year and just shit the bed this year. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a, this isn't Jalen Hurts. You're right. He didn't beat him out. Jalen yeah. Hurts. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. Apparently, the Eagles aren't sold on Jalen Hurts. They may look at a quarterback in the draft, which yeah. is mind-boggling, but they would do it, obviously. This situation falls squarely on the shoulders, and we've, I, I've been beating this to death for the, the better part of this program, our, our length here. This is on Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman did not give Carson Wentz the weapons to succeed, and he didn't give the support around him. They didn't put the support structure around him to allow him to be what he was. Okay, so I I agree with you, but in the same sense, shouldn't we also and this is assuming that some of these articles or reports are true, right? Because we don't, we're never going to know because we're never privy to being in the locker room. But a lot of it to me, see, and, you know, we've watched, you know, we Baldinger's broken it down. There's a lot of times when even with the Eagles, you know, mediocre wide receiver core this past year, there were people open that Carson Wentz just missed. So, Yes, he could have had a stronger supporting staff. But part of it is you need to do what you need to do as a professional. And it sounds to me like Carson Wentz, after Frank Reich left, and and so maybe that's why it's better for him to be reunited. I'm not sold on that. We'll talk about that under the trade in a minute. It it sounds like as time went on, Carson Wentz turned into a petulant child. And it didn't matter who you had around him, both coaching and players, it's just, you know, save for Zach Ertz and maybe Jason Kelsey, nobody else liked him. And he just wasn't doing what needed to be done to be a successful quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I will say, I'm a baseball guy. We we know this and we've discussed this. And I, I think if you look at certain, to, to kind of bring us back, like a, a baseball player, right? Uh, certain guys, your Roy Halladay's, guys that get locked in, your Steve Carlton's for for Phillies fans that you you hear, well, man, he was really aloof and really, really an asshole, you know, but it's greatness. Was it Carson Wentz just trying to lock in and, and do great things, or was he just a jerk? I don't know. I agree with you. A lot of this is on him as well. It goes both ways. Yeah. You hear the report that once he was benched, he wasn't talking to the head football coach. But again, if you're the general manager, you know, you have to step in and say, guys, what the hell's going on here? This is an organization that sent T.O. home. 
You know, yeah. I made a big deal about it. So it's not like, and that, I, I know that's not Roseman and Peterson, but that's Jeffrey Lurie. He, they, there's, they could do that. So Howie Roseman should have done one of two things, neither of which occurred. Either surround him with the people he needs to succeed or be cognizant enough and step in and be a mediator of sorts to rectify the situation. Neither of those things occurred. And instead, you just, I mean, Carson Wentz devolved further and further to the point where, again, if all those things that have been reported are true, I really have lost all. I'm, he's a good human being. Let, let, let's put that out there, okay? He is a decent, upstanding, righteous human being. But as from a football player perspective, I've lost all respect for him, if those things are true. And Howie Roseman should have recognized that and recognized that poison that's going on. And you either deal with it, fix it, mediate it. He didn't do He just kind of, he overlooked it and just gave him, because apparently the warning signs have been there for a few years. So he instead he just drew a non-team friendly contract at Carson Wentz, and that's the problem. I have Vince McMahon in my mind when you say that. Pre uh, WrestleMania 17, I'm going to inject the WWF with a lethal dose of poison. The 18. NWO 18. Sorry, yeah, I should have known no. that. I was there. Uh, yeah, um, you went there anyway. You also okay. planted a sign in the crowd. There was no sign in the crowd. It definitely was. Uh, but I can't watch the program without laughing. Now. For anyone who is like, what are these two idiots talking about? Go watch WrestleMania 18. There is a sign that says bread is fat in the front, like five rows, cam hard camera sign. Brett is, is convinced that it was me planning it. I was in the upper deck. I had nothing to do with it. I'm drunk on yeah, most of my father and I think differently, okay? I was sitting there watching with him, and he's like, I can't believe Mike got that in the crowd. Oh, well, I wish it were me. Uh, that, would be, that would be a great story. Maybe one oh, day I'll tell you. Oh, I'm glad you wish it was you. That's nice. Thanks. Maybe one day I'll tell you what really happened. Uh, anyway, let's move on with, with the Eagles here. Yeah, I, I mean, this has been this is problematic, obviously. So Howie Roseman should have done something. Jeffrey Lurie early on should have done something. It's now cost you your quarterback. It's cost you your head coach. You have, it's going to cost you your team as we get further on here. You know, the Eagles are going to have to shed a ton, a ton of, of money here. And guy, it's going to be a completely different team. You have a new coach, a new program coming in with nothing, nothing whatsoever. This is a bad situation. It, it, it's a bad situation. It's, you know, it's sort of like um, they have to bite the bullet for one year because. They're $47 million over the cap. Uh, fortunately for all teams, it does appear the cap was, when we were talking about all these cap issues, they said the cap was going to be like 170. Now it looks like it's going to be around 180 to 182, which helps out a little bit. But it looks like the Eagles are going to be anywhere from like 47 to 40, 42 to $47 million over the cap. Plus, They've now, because of the trade, and we talked about this in that one episode where I said this is why you can't trade them, they've now set the record for dead money tied up in a player that's no longer on the team. They have $33 million they can't use. They can't touch it. It's dead money. It's just sitting there as a weight against the team. So, you know, 
they're not going to be able to be aggressive in free agency. Really, the only thing that they could do, they can extend any young good players they have on the team, you extend them. But then that what happens is you're kicking the can down the road. So you're either cutting, trading, or extending. Either way, you're not going to be that aggressive in free agency. So it's a rebuilding year. That's what it is. It's definitely a rebuilding year. Deshaun Jackson has been released or will be released. And nothing is official till the league year starts. I mean, not not a surprise there. Uh, it, it, it's really, but yeah, I'm, I'm 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 happy about that one. Okay, well, it wasn't going to hurt you this time around. So you're still salty about Rondé Barber. I could be salty about Deshaun Jackson. It's a little bit different. A little bit. It's still painful. Just completely different things, though. One was a soup. One was a run to the. Okay, fine. I'll give one you one cost the division. Okay, fair enough. The Giants would have won the division in twenty. Deshaun Jackson, two years with the Eagles, played a total of eight games uh, this season. He had a whole half that was really outstanding. Uh, this is no surprise here. He's gone. There are ru- the rumor innuendo is that Brandon Graham might be be cut. Jason Kelsey might be cut or traded. Fletcher Cox might be traded. This is just going to be an interesting off season for the Eagles. You talked free agency. What's free agency? There is the Eagles aren't going to do they can't do anything. There's going to be little to nothing on the free agent front. JJ Watt re- going to be released by the Texans uh, officially when when it officially happens. Eagles fans, let's get him into Philadelphia. You don't have money to get him to Philadelphia. So forget that. That's why you and I need to start training again. Why? Why is that? So we can just go get a league minimum? They could sign us for the league minimum. Uh, that works. What is that now? Probably like 1.5 for a veteran. Would we count as a veteran or we'd be rookies? It's not based on our age. It's based on the experience. Oh, oh well then. <laughs> you know. Well, then I'm going <laughs> to the, So that's the case. There's like senior citizens are like, oh, I'll do it, Sonny. <laughs> uh, so the Eagles, what, what the Eagles have coming up. It's going to be draft heavy. The Eagles have to really build draft capital at this point. That's my opinion. Uh, a guy like a Jason Kelsey, would I love him to retire as a Philadelphia Eagle? Yeah, absolutely. But Jason Kelsey, you either owe it to yourself to retire or go play somewhere for the next two years, however many years you have left. Sign uh, a one-year deal for Kansas City. Yeah, somewhere where yeah, that would yeah, something like that where you can go and have a chance to win. Play with your brother. Play play with Andy Reid. That in in a system of people you like, not like that. <laughs> this went downhill with the lash building at the beginning. <laughs> Sorry, it just came up funny. <laughs> oh my god, the Eagles! It's going to be a disaster. We'll get to the draft when we get to the draft. Uh, let's focus. Uh, shift the focus up the turnpike here to the New York Football Giants. Dave Gettleman, general manager, still. Uh, so what are the outlook here for uh, Big Blue? Uh, so the Giants right now are, I think it's $900,000 under the cap uh, if it's $180 million. So they are, they're going to, you know, they have, there's several cuts right away that make a lot of sense. Golden Tate's gone. Um, you know, Nate Solder's gone. There's some, you know, they're going to be able to, I, I think it's, they could create about $30 million. The interesting one is, whether they cut or trade Evan Ingram, uh, they're probably going to extend out Jabril Peppers. They extended Logan Ryan before the end of the season. So they're going to have some money. Look, the, the, the key is several positions. They need a second cornerback to go with James Bradbury. 
They need to probably get another interior offensive lineman. They need, they desperate, and most importantly, they desperately need offensive weapons. They need wide receivers. You know, Daniel Jones, we all know I have issues with him, but if he has nobody to throw to, how can you assess how he is? So you're going to have a healthy Saquon Barkley, supposedly. I mean, look, I have no doubt that Saquon Barkley is doing everything he can to get right. I mean, the guy is a workout warrior. So, I mean, if Adrian Peterson could do it in less than a year, I know Saquon can do it in, in you know, the same amount of time. So it, it really comes down to, you know, are they going to um, try to buy a wide receiver or draft one in the first round? The other problem is they have two of their better defensive pieces are free agents. You have Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams, who, you know, we all know that prior to the season, I was shitting on him big time, but to his credit played at a really high level ended the year with the career high 11 and a half sacks and really is a good piece. I don't, there's no way they could sign both of them. I think he probably signed Leonard Williams, um, you know, but he's going to command almost like 20 million a year. So should be interesting. Uh, unfortunately, Dave Gettleman is still at the helm. Uh, he's turned 70, I think, this past week. Uh, and he says, oh, I'm good and ready for the next few years, which means it sucks for me. So, uh, yeah, that's really uh, what's going on up in East Rutherford. Um, you know, not it's it, it, you know, it would have been nice if we were in a better cap situation, but uh, this is what we have. See, it's it, to you like this. You don't even have to talk about a disastrous offseason. It, it's nice. It's like, oh, ho hum, we're going to go do our thing and, you know, draft a few players, maybe sign a free agent, cut a guy here, cut a guy there. It's not it, it, it's not an epic failure from the organization. The way I view it, honestly, so looking back on it now, um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I'm probably going to do an, a New York Giant only season recap. I wanted to sort of let the season end and marinate a little bit uh, before, you know, thinking, sort of thinking it over, you know, in general, I'm, I'm happy with Joe judge. I'm very happy with the direction of the defense. The problem is you look, we invested in a quarterback with a six pick and we don't know what he is. I, I have a feeling. I know what he is. I think at best he's average, but you can't completely tell because he doesn't have any weapons and the offensive line is still, it got better as the year went on, but it's it's still not in the top half of the league. So it, this is another year in a rebuilding process. Uh, I guess the only frustrating thing is it seems like there are certain teams that can rebuild within one year. That's not the Giants' style. We like slow and steady. Well, you know what they say: slow and steady wins the pace. Uh, maybe, unless you're, you know, unless you're Tampa, which you win a trophy. What, 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 no, what Tampa does in a year is, you know, and you get to throw it across from boat to boat over the Hillsborough River. Yeah, well, look, th- this division really is going to be decided by what uh, good old Jerry Jones does in the next few weeks, frankly, uh, with, with Dak Prescott, because he's got to get a deal done before he has to tag Dak Prescott again, because then that completely screws the Cowboys, because he would have to get. Well, I forget the break. It's like 30% over what he got last year. And then throw in the fact that it's only a $180 million cap as opposed to something over 200 million. That screws the Cowboys. 
And then also who, who's going to play quarterback for the Redskins? Oh, right. sorry, Washington. There's a lot, and you bring up all the quarterbacks. There's a lot going on in the National Football League as pertains to the quarterback situation. Dak Prescott, what happens? Do, do the Cowboys get a deal done? Do they tag him? Deshaun Watson, where does he go? He's there is no way Deshaun Watson stays in in Houston, Texas, with the Texans. I mean, he might be staying in Houston, but not not with the Texans. Uh, you know, I, I this is. Ben Roethlisberger, there is some some questions as to whether or not he is in is part of the Steelers' plans. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, Jesus, you got t- uh, Sam Darnold. I, who is safe? There's like Tom Brady is safe, right? Russell Wilson might not be safe. It, it, it's really wild. Yeah, I, I say you say who is safe? Mahomes, Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and even Aaron Rodgers is pissed. Even, but he's not going anywhere. Uh, it, it really is remarkable. There's so many moving pieces. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, Roethlisberger should just retire. It, it, I don't, he looked like a shell of himself. That team, I don't believe, is super a Super Bowl contender. Deshaun Watson, you know, all I read about that, that Texans organization. I mean, we talk about Howie Roseman. Uh the front office for the Texans is an absolute joke. And that guy that I was talking about, Jack Easterby, is a fraud. And Deshaun Watson, I think, will sit out a year or two. He doesn't care. He's made, He's already made decent money, and he will make money after whenever he, whenever he is gone from the Texans. He'll make life-changing money. So I think he will sit. And the problem is I don't know who could come up I think Carolina is the team to watch for in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, if there is one. Um, and then it's, you know, Sam Darn. It's so it really is interesting this year more than any. There really are only like five or six safe bets, supposed. Although, of course, Danny Dimes is in that list. <laughs> so yeah, what do you get though? Well, and I guess Carson Wentz is on that list now, too, in uh, Indianapolis. Your take on the Colts' end of the deal. Was this a good move on their part? Or Now, I I think people look at Carson Wentz, and we just went on about it, 2017. Yeah. That was a lot of Carson Wentz, not playing hero ball, but making a lot of amazing plays. The Colts, over at least last year, were very much like a run-oriented game. Uh, team and you talk about Tampa Bay and Tom Brady in a Super Bowl using the run to set up the pass. Common football thing. Some people, yeah, goes away yeah. sometimes. I don't know why, but uh, you know, this is a scenario where I think for the Colts, he can Carson Wentz and Frank Wright can lean on uh, Salem's own Jonathan Taylor as yeah. versus having Carson Wentz run around like an idiot. Yeah, he doesn't have to play hero ball. Um, you know, I think that the nice part about it from the Colts' perspective is it mirrors Carson Wentz in 2017 in that he's going to have a dominant offensive line in front of him. The only thing the Colts need to do is they're going to need to replace Anthony Costanzo at left tackle because he retired. But I think they can do that in the draft or free agency. It's not a. T- it's funny at you know. For the Colts, this isn't a terrible contract to take on, and they didn't give up a ton. You know, it's funny. I, I will say if the Colts have a few games where they are 
either getting blown out or blowing a team out, I, I pull Carson Wentz immediately. And, you know, it'd be great for them if, you know, they could wrap up a division two weeks early. Imagine, you know, like they're literally going such a run where they could sit Carson Wentz for a week and a half. Because all it's going to take is four games, you know, four, what, 16 quarters. That's all he's got to miss. And then they save the first round pick. If they make the playoff run, like a lot of people think, that's going to be a late round pick anyway. But yeah, yeah I agree with you. And oh man, it would piss Philadelphia off. It would be so great. Uh, yeah. Sports radio in Philadelphia would be going ballistic. It's already going ballistic, but it, it, it would be it would be good. To, it would be fun to watch. Deshaun Watson, you said to look out for Carolina. Is there there is rumor that he wants to go to the Jets? So there's that's I've heard conflicting reports on that because I, I heard the, he's not necessarily thrilled with the ownership as relates to his political stance and his stance on race relations, supposedly. So there there's conflicting reports on that one. Um, so I don't know. I, although the Carolina, well, it's a new Carolina ownership, so I think maybe there it, it might be better. I don't know. Um, but look, the other thing is, you know, Houston, like, you know, some people are like, oh, he'd, I think he'd like to go play for um, – people were mentioning Tennessee. I don't understand why. They're not trading him in the division. They're not trading him in the conference. To me, you – if I'm Houston, the only thing you can do is trade him outside of the conference. You don't want to have to deal with him every year. You want to have to deal with him either because you made a Super Bowl, or and he did, or once every four years when you'd see him, you know, per the schedule. Yeah, I I heard New England as a possibility. Take out the political affiliation, obviously, but yeah. there's no way if you're if you are the Texans that you're going to trade him to. Tennessee makes no sense. They got a quarterback as it is. You're yeah. not you're definitely not moving him in in conference. But Sam Darnold, there you you have a bead on the Jets fan base and what and their expectations. I personally think the Jets should build around him. I think that he's a, a quality enough quarterback. I like Joe Douglas as a, as a draft guy, as a football guy. I think that they could build around him, and that division is for the taking. It's different now. You have to look at what Buffalo's doing. You got it. You got to go after. You're, you're you're going. You're going after the Bills now. You're not going after the Patriots. Is Darnold a guy that could stay with the Jets and, and be successful, or is he is he gone? And what do the fans want? I I think the fans would like someone new. Um, to me, the only way I would keep Darnold is if you trade down and get a massive haul for the second pick. Uh, at the second pick, I mean, you have, you know, like a guy like Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase. We're going to get more into that in the weeks and months ahead. But I, you see, the other thing here is Sam Darnold isn't a second-year quarterback now. He's entering his fourth year, which means you're going to have to pay him real soon. So, to me, that's the other thing. If you can get a second-round pick for him like or a second and a fifth, Second and a next year, fourth, something, right? I just trade him away and start over with another quarterback. So, you know, look, I didn't, he wasn't an, a, he wasn't a generational prospect coming out of college. 
and he's as good as the top guys now. So if there's someone you like better, I'd start over simply because also it gives you more time on the clock with a rookie contract. If if this was Darnold's second year or third, it might be a little different, but because it's his fourth year, to me, I trade him. I, you know, and look, I think he had an unlucky, he sort of got the short end of the stick. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, I think he could still have a good career, but, you know, timing is everything. And because this is fourth year, I would trade him away. And to me, I think the most logical place, Washington. Washington, Washington would make sense. It's going to be interesting to see what Washington does at quarterback. Cam yeah. Newton was also rumored for a reunion with Ron Rivera. I, yeah. I, I don't know how from a from a football standpoint that'd be a cool story but i don't know that that works for them uh i I didn't see a lot out of cam newton from a season ago to say okay he still kind of has it now he did mention that cam newton said this i tweeted it out or or whatever uh, after after he had his little uh incident with the heckler on the sideline at that camp um that covid really screwed him up that he said it yeah. short-circuited him for the better part of the year, which I believe. I, you, you watch the NBA right now, and you watch the NHL, who are pu- pushing guys out on COVID protocols, and coming, and when they come back, they you can really see them struggling. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's something I'm, I I sort of was dialed into during the year because you know early on the Patriots were playing well, and, and once he got sick, he was never the same. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he's recovered. Look, you know, we, you know, it's something we don't talk about, but you know, the lingering effects of COVID, you know, and, and bringing it back to South Jersey related, uh, Ryquel Armstead, who's from Millville, former Temple, uh, running back. He was slated to be the starting running back for Jacksonville last year. He got COVID during training camp and he has supposedly been in the hospital Numerous times, like blood clots throughout his body and, and still, you know, suffering. So, you know, first of all, I hope he makes, a, you know, a full recovery. I, I mean, so well, I, obviously he doesn't have COVID anymore, but he has the COVID-related effects, the long-term effects. So I hope he's able to get back into full health so he can play. Uh, so yeah, it's a shame. And we don't know, again, there's a lot of players who got sick and this happened. I don't see um, – it might make sense there. Then the problem is New England – there's no way the Jets in New England are going to make a trade. The other interesting one, another name that we haven't mentioned is we, – we mentioned New England. Could they maybe make a swing a deal to get Jimmy G back? So that's that, that's another that's, one I play. That, that's interesting because I know there is not – he is not – what's the best way to put it? Uh, his time in, in San Francisco is might be running out. Uh, he there, it's, it's like a Luke, it's lukewarm love. Yeah, he's not. It's not that he's not well liked. He took him to the Super Bowl, but there are issues there within the fan base. Not that they matter, but the and the organization as a whole. And it, that would be a Bill Belichickian type move to to bring him back, probably for like a seventh round pick too. And, and yeah, and the dog. Yeah, it's yeah. Then it goes to the San Francisco because, look, San Francisco was my pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year, and you know, look, all the injuries they had. I think they set a record apparently for like number of people on the roster for one year. Um, 
they're getting everybody back. They're getting the band together this year, right? So do you want to do that with a rookie quarterback? Or would they then go after a Sam Darnold? Or are they going to go all in? I mean, for them, imagine them just saying, you know what? We're getting everyone back. Uh, Houston, you could have our next two drafts. We'll take Deshaun Watson. I mean, imagine that team. Yeah, because if if you're looking just to win, just win, baby, you know uh, that that works. Yeah, and that guy might be out too. You know, nobody's talking about Carr might be out of there in uh, Vegas. So, oh, I thought you were talking about Al, Al Davis is definitely out. Maybe. There's an avail. There's an availability issue there. Maybe we're not. We're not sure. We're not sure. <laughs> he could, you never know. You never know. Uh, yeah, but Derek Carr, you're right. I mean, people are calling about him. People are calling about Marcus Mariota. The, I'll tell you, the safest guy in the league is Danny Dimes. It, it is It is <laughs> wild. It is wild. It's going to be the storyline we're going to watch, the quarterback carousel over the next couple weeks. Uh, we are going to – next week we're going to touch on quarterbacks in the draft. So between here and our Instagram and our Facebook, uh, at GL Stand Show, uh, at G, yeah, yeah, yes, at GL Stand show yeah right yeah yeah i'm getting my i'm getting my 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 socials confused here uh at in the fight show i yeah, yeah. anyway uh moving on uh we're going to be discussing the draft quarterbacks next week then we'll, we'll move forward with that college football came back this past weekend did you catch any of the fcs action i did i watched a little bit of the north dakota fighting sioux play I don't remember who they were playing. Unfortunately, <clears throat> I was watching uh, Wofford against Mercer. I believe they were all. There was a bunch of games on ESPN Plus. Uh, so for the unfortunately, it looks like they're not going to be broadcasting a lot of those games because I would assume the winter sports are going to take precedent. Yeah. So I, I guess that's part of it. Right now, is that ESPN obviously has the, the college basketball contract with a, a bunch of conferences. So yeah. that makes sense from a, a, a dollar and cents standpoint. You're going to put a Big Ten hoops game on uh, over Wofford and whoever. Uh, yeah. However, that's coming to an end here in I, I don't know what uh, two three well, uh, six in the wall. I know. Well, then you have the well, yeah, because then because the right cause the tournament is just on CBS on CBS. So I would love to see more of these FCS games on. ESPN, ESPNU, ESPN2 versus going on ESPN Plus and, and, you know, watching it that way. I was really surprised. I thought this was a golden opportunity as soon as the season was over for anybody to pick it up too. Jackson State, you know, Dion's school. Uh, congrats to Dion on his first win. Uh, he, he only beat a NA. I never even school. heard of that school. Is there an NA school? Yeah, yeah. Okay, not so here's another thing. I, and I, I, I didn't do the research for it prior to the show. So we know Division One FCS is going forward. However, even though this doesn't matter for playoffs purposes, the Ivy League is out. Isn't the Patriot League out too? Or yeah, I think, I think the Patriot is out as well. It's only certain okay. conferences. Uh, yeah, so ba- like the North, like basically any FCS school in the, I don't know about like the Northeast Conference. I don't know if they're playing. Well, I know James Madison is playing, and I don't think they're playing a independent. They're playing like I don't think uh, they're playing okay. an independent schedule. So I maybe the CAA is still uh, out okay. there too. I don't know. Certain yeah. schools could have opted out. 
Yeah, no, that's that's your and then and division two and division three are out. They're they're done. They're done. They're, so this part, is only a division one FCS world we're talking about. Yeah, there might and be NAIA. Yeah, there might be schools here that are scattered about playing random teams, but well, and then New Mexico State is playing in the spring. Yeah, not very well. Which is even stranger. And by the way, we all know who New Mexico State's most famous uh, football alum is, right? Uh, It's uh, Erlacher. No, that's New Mexico. Oh, wrong school. Give you a clue. It it, it was a very important play for the Eagles. Herm Edwards. Joe Pizarchik. No, Joe Pizarchik. My former assistant coach. He's an asshole. Um, Yeah. Did I say that out loud? Well, you, that's just a that's just your opinion. You're not. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. He's allegedly an asshole. <laughs> uh, I I think some of my teammates might back that up. Uh, I'll I'll do a funny Joe Pizarchik story next week on his play calling prowess. They, they should put it on on ESPN. They should put it on the big networks. That's my yes. opinion. I'm sticking to it. We'll be back next week. We're going to be talking more FCS football. We're going to be talking uh, FBS football, Division One quarterbacks. We're going to Brett's going to rank his top five uh, guys sliding off the boards. Now we'll see how this goes. Follow us on all social media at GL Stand Show, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Michael's Glass Company. Check them out. Sports Talk Philly, SportsTalkPhilly.com. I'm Mike. That's Brett. We will see you later.